It is the 21st century. There are too many video games. But out there, it's waiting. The best video game you've never played. Hello and welcome to The Best Video Game You've Never Played, the podcast where I, stand-up and improv comedian Lewis Dunn, invite guests on to bring on what they think is the best video game that I've never played. I spend a week playing it, and then I get back to them and have a chat about whether or not I agree that yes, they have managed to find secretly one of the greatest games ever made, or whether or not no, their tied-up ideas of nostalgia and childhood have accidentally warped their view of what is otherwise a deeply flawed video game. This week's guest is writer and comedian Ed Greenwood. Ed and I are good friends. Uh, We met at the University of York. We had an absolutely wonderful time uh, doing comedy together. Uh, Ed isn't much of a gamer, so I was actually quite surprised when he got in touch with me and said, I think I've actually found a video game that you've never played that I love. Uh, He told me what it is, and he's brought on a game that, frankly, I cannot believe I'd never heard of. It's uh, an incredible video game. And, uh, well, let's not delay any further. Let's find out what is uh, the best video game I've never played, according to Ed Greenwood. Hello, Ed. How are you? I'm very well, Lewis. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me on. How are you? I am... Well, I'm having a really odd week, I'll be honest with you, Ed, because I've been playing this game now... For the past week and I don't think I've ever really quite played something like this so why don't you tell our listeners what it is you've brought along okay so this is this is a game called the black line and it is a game that appeals to certain of my sensibilities let's say there's a historical element there's an investigation element um, there's aspects of it that are problem solving problem aspects of this that are more sort of in-world, moving around, um, you know, there's a bit of dialogue stuff. But basically, um, the, the premise is that we, we start in 19th century London, um, which is obviously a, a really beautiful, fascinating time. Well, we'll get to the beauty element. I suppose aesthetics are relative. Um, yeah, but we'll come that's back true. to that later, <laughs> especially with this game. But it's, I mean, it's it's a really fascinating period of time. This is at, the, at that point is the center of the entire world and um and and literally it is a cesspit of humanity among other things and it's basically a game where i mean it's also the the kind of the beginnings of science you know and of modern science and i think that yeah. it's it's something that has a lot of you know of sort of fingers in lots of different pies this game i know we'll probably come on to some of the game dynamics later but it is mm. Um, it's something that appeals to a lot of my own little peccadilloes, shall we say. <laughs> it's true. And it has to be said as well, as you say, for a setting, 19th century London, it's not it's not one that games have looked at a lot. Like, I, I, off the top of my head, I think Assassin's Creed Syndicates maybe covered it. Uh, I think like there's fictionalised versions of it, like Fable 3 kind of has a sort of... Oh, I suppose that's more Regency, actually, than, than 19th century. But yeah, it's sort I mean- of... 
It does all blend together, doesn't it? I think you've got the, you've, you know, because I'm, I'm an 18th century person by sort of, uh, by my master's degree, and that bleeds into mm. Regency, that bleeds into, I mean, technically I did a master's degree in the 18th century, but then we were told the 18th century starts in 1660 and goes on until 1851. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so as far as I'm concerned, yeah, this is great. This is, this is my bag. Um, and yeah, it has been covered in other areas, and I've, I've not played, weirdly, I've not played that Assassin's Creed game, but I've watched my sister playing it and quite enjoyed because I, I live in London. I suppose that's another reason why I like this so much. Um, you know, I, I work in the West End and near Soho where a lot of this is set. And so it's quite, um, I mean, it's just fascinating running around. And, and it was fun running around in Assassin's Creed and that had a feeling of reality and realism to yeah. it. But also it was nonsense about, you know, Templars and all of that. You know, fun stuff, and it's that's the world, that's the universe, that's great. But it wasn't, it didn't, it's not the same as actually this is the gritty, brutal reality of 19th century London. And, well, as we'll find out, an entire globe of diseases and evils and social evils. Um, which, yes, I mean, yeah. to explore that in an interactive video game is just a delight. Well, this is the thing. I think we should probably say at this stage, just for the people listening, uh, The Black Line is is kind of a fascinating game in terms of its release because it, it came out on PC and not anything else. And like, I can't, you can't get it on Steam. You can't get it on the Epic Game Store. It was independently published by the publisher, um, which I think is, uh, I've got it here, it's uh, Ceramic Interactive. And they... They they basically published it on their website. I'd never heard of this game until you brought it to me, and you you were so keen to pitch it to me because of this 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 setting in it and the realism that they go for. Because basically, this game is about the disease element of an era of that time, and of course, that's hyper relevant to where we are now. So this game, like, it came out in 2016, and it has pretty accurate disease modelling in terms of the spread of a I disease. Mean, the epidemiology of it is, I mean. Could it come at a more relevant time? I mean, actually, this was this was five years ago. It was released in 2016. But talking about it now, could it be at a more relevant time? Other than maybe it's actually true, yeah. one year ago when it all started. But you know what I mean? It's good. It's topical. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the thing. I, I think we should probably say you you uh, in this game play as a uh, a doctor character. So you your job is basically to go and deal with uh, a series of disease cases that are popping up. And part of your, like, the way that you play the game is it's sort of part of the game is uh recommending treatments but of course this is this is the 19th century so your recommended treatments are just like it's almost actively satirical the idea that you're turning up to help anyone yeah i mean i mean obviously i like anyone that did gcse history you probably had to do history of medicine and really it's not until the at at least until the invention of penicillin that anything like reasonably (laughs) acceptable (laughs) outcomes for medical practice exist so in a way you kind of have to take a bit of a back step and say okay yeah i wouldn't be doing these things myself even as a complete medical nonce um nonce (laughs) novice that's what i mean Um, (laughs) yeah i'm a medical nonce yeah great um don't try yeah 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 
No, don't get it. But I mean, to be honest, you're you're not much less harmful than a medical nonce in this game. But (laughs) I think, okay, so it starts as, it's quite quite, um, adenine in a way. You are, you know, a doctor. You obviously have some quite wealthy clients, but you also have to do your pro bono work in, and and a lot Mm. of that does take you to Soho, which at that time is is kind of transitioned from being quite a wealthy, um, you know, fashionable area of of sort of Westminster-y London um, in the... 18th century by now it has very it's just completely slums and it's where a large you know you'd have multiple immigrant immigrant families living in one bedroom at that time large italian influxes but also this is the center of the british empire and so it's literally it's a it's a hodge of the entire world which obviously has its you know we all know that that's got some brilliant aspects to it but in this moment in time when there was very little in terms of public health or buildings, plannings and stuff, it doesn't go quite well. So you have to go basically in your pro bono work, um, you know, yeah, you've you've got to, you've got to kind of use your tools. You've got, the, the, there is sort of, I mean, we might want to discuss some of these later, but essentially little mini kind of, the, the games themselves where you need to look for symptoms, where you need to. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> should, we, should we address, um, actually, we'll come back to scrying, but we'll come back to scrying later. But essentially what mm. you end up having to do is, is identify what you think the illness is. And you go through, you basically go through a couple of, um, a sandbox couple of levels where you have to kind of say, yeah, this is, you know, typhus or this is, um, uh, you know, uh, it's not plague. I can't remember because it's been a while since <laughs> I actually played it, but... It's it's a really big. It's tuberculosis is another one. Consumption, as they called it back then. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's so there's a couple of quite simple ones, and then what happens is this sudden twist happens where it kind of goes from being like um, a, a game where you kind of go from person to person, you know, like essentially fixing people, and then it yeah. kind of turns into an investigation game. Um, well, yes, yeah, because you suddenly start to realise there are patterns of outbreak going on in the city of London, kind of similar to the epidemiology that was done at the time. So there's exactly. a sort of you're so, right. There's a there's a shift from the sandbox element of you've got lots of different types of diseases, and there's this sort of prioritising of like, well, can I get this person this medicine? If I do, it's at the expense of another person, and there's sort of this, it, it, I'd say, a moral choice system, but it's almost more of a resource management system. That you're trying to make yes. these decisions, and then yes, you start I mean, to realise that there's a there's a cause to a lot of the illness you're seeing, and it's less about treating individuals and about trying to find the cause of what's going on. Well, because you, you start, what happens is you get that first couple of cases where you you're kind of tricked into assigning it as typhus, but then it becomes quite clear mm. that something more sinister is happening, and that's kind of when the scrying element starts, where obviously you have your diagnostic. Uh, kit right so you've got what's obviously quite a hideous looking thermometer but it's what they had at the time um and you've obviously got you've got your various um you've got your uh, anatomical book that you can reference to find certain symptoms and things like that um i think there's there's it's preposterous they've got like um paint you know drawings by andreas vesalius who's like that's 300 years ago that they would have more up-to-date stuff than that but never mind um but they have <laughs> It's when you start scrying, and it's, it's because obviously it's the nature of the illness, as we kind of learn, is, is cholera. And this is when suddenly, boom, we're in an international thing, but we don't know it's cholera yet. But it's when you first yeah. have to look inside that chamber pot that you everything kind of takes a bit of a twist, and it actually gets much darker 
and it gets a lot more it gets a lot more uncomfortable um it does yeah and this is already a game where you've had to you know you've had to lance boils with some uh some pretty unsanitary uh some pretty unsanitary yeah, needles you're obviously doing way more damage than you are as you, as you wander around with unsanitized lancets and um but yeah so i suppose it's when you have to first sort of do the scrying in that in that chamber pot that you know you mm. kind of and you effectively have to mark that as okay so this is this is um well this is i suppose one of the terminuses of the black line and then that's that's what this is suddenly about it's now about yeah. tracing and and yeah so the, the gameplay kind of changes a little bit and then it, it gets a bit more sort of i don't know if you're familiar with ben aronovich but like rivers of london like you suddenly you've got underground rivers you've got to kind of interview people find out it's, it's a kind of a crime um it's almost like a whodunit but and you've kind of got to piece together the history of okay so you know the, the first person I, th- I believe it's a um it's a laundress isn't it or a, a washerwoman and you yes kind yeah, of have yeah. to figure out where she's getting her water from um or, or like what the disease is but obviously we we kind of have to approach it with you know knowledge that we are in the 21st century we know that this is a waterborne disease yes yeah there's a but certain there's element a, of a... dramatic irony that we the player have is that we you you bet if you know anything about cholera you're like this is obviously cholera and the reason the game is fixating on the water supply is because this is going to turn out to be cholera yeah exactly so uh so and so... i don't think the game i don't think the game holds back on that i don't think the game is drawn to any like mystery of the idea that it's going to be cholera it's just that you have to play as the character learning that as it were exactly and i i you know i can see why that might be a sort of suspension of disbelief thing I, they're not saying you know it's not a who done it and the answer is cholera because that would be a ridiculous idea for anyone because that's that's yes, like saying yeah. you know uh, you know it, it would be like trying to solve a crime that we know who done it literally we, we literally know who yes did it. yeah we start off yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it but i think it's more about that tracing and then i suppose it's more about the social commentary where you know you have to trace the black line back obviously there are some puzzles that you have to solve whereby okay so that laundress that that washerwoman we are told where she gets her water from and then that turns out to, and that's a dead end where we find out where she gets her water from that's not where that's not well, nobody else is. The, the black line kind of stops there. Nobody else has, has been. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. But then, obviously, we find out that's because that's where she's been getting her water for the laundry, and not where she's been getting the water. To not drink, where she's been drinking is... the water. Yeah. <laughs> and, is, and, and, and like, and that's infuriating. And that's kind of fun though, because it sort of it builds into this idea of. Again, if you knew anything about cholera, but they kind of, like you say, they mislead you because you end up tracing the source of the laundry water, and you assume because because you're still working with that idea of. Um, I've forgotten the word for it. It's it's the idea of bad odors and the idea that like is it oh. miasma? Yes, miasma. That's it. There's a yeah. whole section in this game about measuring miasma. There's a miasma meter, and it's, it's like deliberately. It, I, mean, I find it delightful that there are whole chapters of your reference book which are de- dedicated to stuff that we know is bobbins. There's stuff about like. That it's not quite. They don't quite go as far back as humours, but you know that they would have. Like the, whoever was making this game was having fun with medical history, and <laughs> they they might have done that if yeah. they really wanted to. Um, yeah, and your obviously your your tools include nonsense like you know uh, Epsom salts and things like that, <laughs> <laughs> and like when somebody has, I think one of your wealthier clients um, in the sand 
pit sort of bit at the beginning. Um, though he comes back at the he comes back later, but he has a heart attack, and you you treat it with with French brandy, which is. Yes. <laughs> delightful uh, as, as a, yeah yeah like as that's your secret weapon is french brandy but obviously it's french he, brandy um, yeah he comes back later and i think this is when i suppose some of the social commentary happens is that you know he the, the black line is drawn to him in a way or you or you know you could say that it's from him or to him because yeah mm. he is struck with it and suddenly it's not just a problem for povos living in dean street or greek street or frith street it's affecting yeah. the wealthy people because that is how, you know, that's how all social evils are. It's not just confined, although some people get it worse, obviously. Well, it's also quite interesting because they, they satirically have a go there because what ends up happening is because your work gets prioritised to the wealthier people to treat to treat them for symptoms, it should be said. They sort of pull you back into the diagnostic side of things when you're already on the, the trying to trace it side of it. And so what ends up happening is you do give them the full treatment for cholera, which absolutely does not help them in the slightest. And so there's sort of a commentary there about pulling resources away from where they're really needed uh, for exactly, the sake of the wealthy yes. getting their bit. Yeah, because you're, what you're essentially doing is badly treating a disease for one person and it's not going to work. But it's just, it, basically, this man is just a big, you know, lamb chop, mutton chopped Karen who's insisting on speaking to the manager and won't <laughs> let you go away. And actually what you should be doing, and this is what happens sort of later on in the game, is you kind of end up having to run around and like close off water pumps and try yeah. and prevent angry citizens from accessing water and using latrines. And I suppose there are elements, that I suppose you could almost call it combat that happen at some points whereby, yeah, you mm. need to, you need to hold people back. Um, Cause people you do, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Are quite set in their ways which is a theme that, that keeps happening even in this world of change you know scientific change global globalization empire um people are quite set in their ways um both the you know the rich people and the poor and so yeah you do yeah. end up having to literally fight people in you the do dream. you do there's there's a section where you uh have to fight off a series of washerwomen trying to get hold of the the water pump you know of cholera is and uh, you're using uh, the stick that you took as payment from the wealthy family to just beat them away from the pump to make sure that they don't use it. And it's interesting because it recontextualizes a section that would otherwise be very problematic, that you're just there with a cane, hitting an elderly washerwoman going, don't do it, don't do it, it will give you the black disease. It's not just, um, it's not just one-sided, is it? Because they, they fight back, they have their paddles. Mm. Um, they do, and... yeah, they, the large paddles they used to stir, they, they're whacking you back, saying... Get off me, governor, get off me. I need to wash them clothes. The lordship won't like it if he gets them clothes back dirty. It's a very it's a scene it's a scene that touched me in a way because it sort of highlights the problem of, you know, people are trying to go about their day-to-day -day lives in the middle of what is what you know, ultimately if they keep going without changing anything, it's gonna hurt them. And so you ultimately, you know, in the short term, yes, maybe you break a few bones of some washerwomen, but in the long term, you're preventing them from getting cholera. You are, but then also, the, I suppose the, the other thing is that some of the washerwomen already have cholera, and I think that's that's I think that's another thing about you know about power structures and the use of force, because you know you I think I don't know what I'd, I don't know about you, but when I played it um, a couple of times, I uh, hit the washerwomen too hard and they ruptured and they yeah. infected other people with cholera just from that sort of splashback. Yeah, it has an area of effect type moment where there's an explode. If you hit them too hard, these like they explode and they're 
their blood and entrails go everywhere and then if they, you know there's children nearby they inhale the blood and then that that can give them cholera and then if they go yeah, back to their and, families and, it's, it's so and it could and obviously it's a it's a danger to you you know you you it's at this point that the, the health bar which has been completely pointless all the way through apart from a couple of times mm. when maybe you get accidentally hit by a horse or something while sort of navigating mm. the streets of london which is it just feels a bit <laughs> arbitrary but it's at this point that it suddenly kind of starts up you know um and it, and it gets yes, quite yeah it, it, you know you you can get infected with cholera um, I don't know if that happened to you. Did you did you ever end up getting that that health bar all the way down so that you were bedridden with cholera? I think I did. I did once, uh, and I had to reload because unfortunately, what happened was much like you in the in the in the section with the washerwomen. I did I did go absolutely hog wild with the cane, and what happened was I ended up infecting quite a few people around me. And then I thought, well, I can't let them run off with the cholera, so I had to beat them with a stick as well. Uh, you know, I was it, it. It got really absurd, frankly. I think actually, at the end of the game, they give you a kill count, and mine was well into the hundreds because I just had this daisy chain reaction of spreading cholera through through beatings. So I had to reload and go again. But again, it's it's kind of interesting. I I love the fact that the game let me do that. I love the fact that the game taught me the lesson that you, you just do, you, you do just can't. Learn. Well, this is one of the beautiful things about it. Is it's about learning lessons. It's about learning lessons about society about you know the what about the strength of washerwomen and indeed of the cane um and there, there are many things about it that are i think so i i ended up in uh, bedridden i think two or three times while i was first playing it because i suppose yeah like you i i did go a bit overboard um with with beating the washerwomen and so there's there's a couple of moments where you i mean you restarted but i think i i kind of tried to persevere for as long as i could by you know, you have to kind of do an awful lot of wasding to try and um aim for the um chamber pot and for mopping up as well because you don't want to infect anyone else you know you don't want it to affect your household or your own family um and you know you've got to top up your fluids um, which is interesting because that's the closest it gets to actually how you can treat somebody for cholera. Is you've how you would actually really how you would deal if you had cholera. Well, the thing I yeah. found really interesting was they make that cane combat really satisfying, and then obviously they have that set piece where you realise that you can't just go crazy with the cane beating people down with it. But once you get hold of a fully upgraded plague mask and you realise that you aren't actually going to catch cholera from beating anyone, I found the game became a lot more enjoyable because it then became the case that I could find people with cholera, uh, beat them with the cane, and then move on, and that was a really good way for knocking I, it down. So, I think that, that, that is a way of doing it, and that, that is a bit of a hack, though. I mean, because you, I mean, a literal hack, because you, you can identify the people with cholera, and you can kind of wait... Or, or even even kind of direct them sort of like bodily sort of on their in their paths move them to places where there are fewer people around so that you can basically mm. um well you know c- cut off the black line and that and is another area of moral ambiguity like you know how do you how do you stop off the line but you can just beat people to death in a um, deserted alleyway well, this is the thing. I mean i I eventually like this is the thing with the game. it gives you a lot of options. I you know I found that. Once I'd burnt down the workhouse and I'd like made sure to, I'd, I'd basically made it pretty clear that anyone coming into London wasn't welcome and I'd cut off most of the supply lines. I'd made it so that London was sort of a closed off area for me, or at least the part that the game represents was a closed off area. So it was just a case of rounding people up. Yeah, which is, which is one way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, you round them up, you tell them that they've got cholera and therefore they're going to meet your blade, as it were. 
uh, and then you you just you just crack on with it. And I just found like once once you really got into the beat 'em up element of the game about just beating the cholera out of people, I, that was a much more fun game for me because the diagnosis stuff that it came before very wordy very boring and like you know we know it's not doing anything um well, and then I, you know it's only once you're actually killing the disease that the game really takes off i think i think you're i think you're kind of being a bit reductionist i think that there's something about because you're still having to trace it you know this is still an investigation this is effectively what you're doing now is you're a, a one-man war machine um you know who and mm. it's, it's almost like imagining that you're sherlock holmes and you're trying to foil an entire conspiracy of moriarty's right you've kind of got to go from blackguard to blackguard, beating the truth out of them, literally beating the shit out of them in this case, and fighting your way to the to the source, which is, I mean, is quite quite fun. I mean, obviously, you need to. I I do like some of the the mini bosses where one of the 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 beetle um, for um, for the borough of St Giles's tries to intervene and stop you, and you need to basically you need to kill him. And great boss fight then, loved it yeah i mean it's a, it was a very good boss fight um the way the way that he like creates a wall of children around himself and you have to navigate around them to get to them i thought that was really fun i really enjoyed that but primarily because at that stage i was so like good at dispatching children that i had no issue with that it was just a really fun boss fight just trying to deal with the mechanic i mean look this is the thing we keep we keep hinting at finding the source eventually when you find out what the source is that it's Jack the Ripper who's been uh, pissing in the Thames, and that's what's been causing cholera. You then get into this really fun game of like trying to catch Jack the Ripper. So you're you're trying to set up traps for him. Yeah, you've got you've got to set traps. You've got you've got to basically make um, a lot of contacts in Whitechapel. Um, this is mm. when the, the game kind of moves, and I suppose it's it's almost like Heart of Darkness. You move further and further into the the kind of the deepest, darkest London, which in this case is the, is yeah. the East End, is Whitechapel. Um, and you, yeah, you you have to kind of track him down, and 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 well, and attempt to defeat him, which is difficult. I don't, how how did you get on with it? Well, I think I I initially went for the the stealthy approach to him, so I was like setting out nets on um, streets where he was thought to have been operating, leaving bits of meat in the middle of the net in the hope that he'd fall in and I could catch him and get him that way. Uh, but I didn't. What I didn't realize, and the game does it. It's an excellent moment in the game. I think the twist that you get is when you find out that um, Jack the Ripper and Cthulhu have formed an allegiance, and so he has supernatural powers. So in order for you to be able to take him on, you have to go and form a pact with uh, an unholy god as well. You do. So, so I mean, what what I tried first is you. Is it's a. I found this on a on a very 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 obscure um, Reddit page, but you can go back to the first. Uh, washerwoman, assuming that she didn't die, and this is very important. Um, if she dies, then you can't do this. But you can go back, you can get some women's clothing from her, and you can dress up as a woman of the night and parade around Whitechapel. Um, really, which I, I, allows I, you to. Yeah, so it, that is that. one way you're getting closer to him. But you're right; you can't actually. He he cannot. I think what's the phrasing is that he. He cannot be killed till you bend to his will or something like that. You've got to, um, I mean, that's grammatical nonsense, but you've got to basically, he, yes, he's, in, he's in allegiance with Cthulhu and you basically need mm. to find an, a similar old one. Um, yes, and I, yeah. think, I think that's when you need to kind of go, again, you kind of have to go back to the, the original um, 
you know, gentleman, his, his lordship, you spent ages, you know, palliating with completely useless analgesics and mm. things like that. Um, and then you find out that he is, um, he's a son of Osiris. So then that's the mm. way in, basically. You need to get indu- um, yeah. inducted into the, the High Council of Osiris. And then finally, you know, once you go to the British Museum, once you put the Mask of Tutankhamun on, then you can go back to Whitechapel. Your cane at that point, did you do this? Did you do, am I, am I just sort of, this isn't spoiled. No, no, I did. I got, I got, I got the Mask of Osiris as well. I, I think the section of the British Museum is absolutely fantastic. Uh, like it's a stealth mission. Uh, the stealth mechanics at this point have been fairly, you know, the, the, the game is spread very thin. There's a lot of different things going on in the game in terms of mechanics, but this stealth mechanic, I really, really enjoyed. Um, because the game makes it absolutely clear that um, the British Museum, it's okay to kill the guards, because what you can do once you've killed them is you can um, like take some of the, the like stuff you've been getting off the people with cholera and just rub it on them, and then it's justified, because now they had cholera as well, so they were part of the pandemic. But that's also dangerous, because if you if you just kill them and, and you, uh, you put some of the papyrus on them, then you mm. can then essentially they will be part of your numbers at the end the problem is the more people oh, die really? of cholera the more well exactly i can't believe that you ended the game without knowing but that you've got to i mean that's what that's one way of boosting those numbers but the other numbers is is that the more people die of dysentery then the more um uh, zombies of blood and feces there are with jack the ripper and cthulhu at the end yeah, that's true yeah it's a tough final boss fight if you've been if you've been infecting people with cholera but this is the thing like ultimately you get the mask of osiris you you go back to fight jack the ripper there's a very good boss fight it's almost sort of uh sort of dark souls level of combat it's very intense it's not what i expected and... from from a game that no. was essentially about you know you start off by giving a posh man some brandy because of a heart murmur and by the end it's you and osiris versus jack the ripper and cthulhu um, on two like big old fucking ships in the middle of the thames doing broad yes, sides, yeah. you know using lightning you know strategic lightning strikes you've got your own armies of the undead it's uh it's a in very epic way to kind well, of I, well as, as climaxes go you can't really ask for more yeah i mean to, for my for my money the moment where jack the ripper says he's it's like you think you've got him on the back foot and he says now's the time to show you my true power and he grows 300 foot tall and then you turn to osiris and he uses his ancient egyptian magic to turn you 300 foot tall and you have the kaiju fight of you versus jack the ripper uh in the middle of the thames in london it's incredible you can see the cities on fire uh the old gods in the background are about to break through and you realize that unless you can stop jack the ripper not only is cholera going to continue to spread but as you say the armies of the undead are going to spread cthulhu is going to come through the eldritch gods will destroy the universe and it's all down to you uh a doctor and ultimately the way that you win, and I thought this was absolutely fantastic as a, as, a, as a final moment, as a final twist, the way that you manage to stop Jack the Ripper is you overwhelm him with miasma. And so the yeah. whole way through, you've been misled that the miasma gauge isn't actually going to do anything, and it's not going to stop the cholera, but if you can get enough miasma into uh, the area that you're fighting, it weakens Jack the Ripper, and that's the only way that you can stop and then, him. Yeah, that's it, basically. And you've been collecting breath, you've been collecting stool samples, you've been collecting 
you know, and this part of the scrying, you know, when you scry to find out whether somebody has cholera or not, you, you kind of, you can choose to retain these samples um, in, a, in a backpack, which is obviously, you know, bottomless pit backpack, but, you know, let's, it's fine. You know, that's just, a, that's, yeah, it's an yeah, inventory yeah. that goes on forever. It's a problem with many video games, but in this case, it turns out to be useful because by the end, you need to basically hurl as much of it at him as possible to get yeah, weaken him and then i mean obviously yeah. <laughs> obviously they were fans of edgar wright whoever made this because the final the final sort of killing blow is is must be completely lifted from hot fuzz when jack the ripper yes. basically trips up and lands you know falls backwards onto tower bridge impaling himself and yeah. it's just i mean it's a level of gore that you wouldn't even have expected from a Victorian surgery game. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I think I think the 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 fact that they commit to that bit so hard is absolutely wonderful. And I I really I mean, and then of course after that you've got the epilogues that follow about you know if you if how well did you manage the cholera outbreak before you took on jack the ripper how many people are left as it were how many people are, yeah. are going to be able to rebuild london after the consequences of what you've done and of course you get the good ending uh if you say thank you every time somebody gives you something and you get the bad ending if you don't uh all the other actions that you take in the game are fairly irrelevant it's purely how polite you are depends on what ending you get um which i think is important that's a it's a good lesson to teach people it's also a kind of, a, I, I was going to say, it's not quite satirical because it's not trying to be funny, but it, it is making a point about, you know, yeah, it's mm. about how you, you're a doctor, ultimately, you're a professional man. You know, yeah, by the end, yeah. you're wearing Tutankhamun's death mask, you're 300 foot tall, you're fighting Jack the Ripper using the magic of Osiris, but you're ultimately just a professional, you know, you're, you're Dr. Watson. Yeah. And it's about maintaining that reputation, even above keeping people alive, regardless of your um, longest combo streak, for beating people with a stick it doesn't matter in the end what matters is yes no, no. The pleases and thank yous and how much brandy you've given to old gentlemen yes yeah well, this is the thing you know um stopping a uh, stopping cholera costs many lives but manners cost nothing and i think that's the lesson that ultimately the game's trying to impart really yeah yeah and then and then there, there's a secret ending which i didn't get to and by the sounds of it you didn't get to but this was this was on the reddit form i don't know whether this was just somebody joking or whether they dreamt it there is an ending whereby you are summoned to um to buckingham palace to receive the order of merit from queen victoria and the order of the garter and basically um she sort of well she tries to marry you she tries to come on to you and you what? need to this is yeah so it's, it's, she basically starts make, giving you the eye and you have what you have to do is you've got to oh. get out another jar basically you've got to crack open another jar and reduce the amorousness of the situation oh, or i think you can go the other way and you can let her marry you but i think i think most people try to avoid it well it's i think it'd be really strange if you were to marry them because at that stage you're a you're an immortal demigod serving osiris so i don't think it could end end very well so you probably you're probably right you're probably best opening a jar of shit and scaring them off um so look, that was I look. I, I we I should probably we, we've we've basically outlined what happens in the game. I should really start leveling some criticism about this game because I I I really love the variety. Oh, I thought I'd like, gotten away with it. it. You you've been saying it's fantastic. <laughs> I love the combat. I love the social commentary. I mean, well look, look, there's there's a lot to love about this game. 
it, it's variety is enormous, which does cause some problems in some areas because you're just you're working through a lot of different interfaces and a lot of different mechanics, and it can get overwhelming and confusing at times. That, yeah, it's like the, the number of times that I was trying to hit a washerwoman and instead I ended up altering the value of the pound was just really frustrating. That I never quite figured out why you could deflate the currency. Um, I, I know there's a, a sort of a mini side quest where you can go to to bank and go to the Bank of England. Um, I yes, didn't go yeah. there, but I think... Well, this is the thing, is it becomes a problem, is, is if you do do... I did do that. If you do do that, basically, it's like it's it's like a short press on R is hit and a long press on R is depreciate currency. And and it's a, and it's a, it's a massive problem because the reason you want to depreciate currency is because then it encourages like international trade. But if you're encouraging international trade, you're bringing you bring more. more yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I I hadn't so, thought of that, but I think I think that might explain some of the reason why I had difficulty with the number of uh, zombies of blood and feces later on because that that spiked yeah, yeah. at the end, and I hadn't. I don't think I'd noticed that it was linked to the deflation. You hadn't noticed the, the currency element. Well, it's a it's a bit of a problem. So I can I can understand like for my money, I I, I probably would have taken that out of the game. I think also, and it's a bit of a sticky issue, and I, I don't want to linger on it too long, but some of the voice acting in this game is absolutely mad. Like the way that they portray different people, like the the Italian people are like, "It's me, I'm gonna come over here. I gotta have myself a lovely time in London." It's just absolutely bizarre. But some like, of it. The, the, like, no, but the, the 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 family from Brescia um, is, I think that's actually one of the cleverest little Easter eggs in the entire thing. Like, yeah, okay, the the, the accents are a bit sort of, "Hey, it's it's me," uh, and and the the bit where they uh, the husband mistrusts you and he actually throws meatballs at you. Is is, is virtually unacceptable like levels of racism. It's twenty sixteen when this was made, but um, it's yeah, it's actually yeah. an important historical Easter egg because um, Brescia is was one of the centres of the of a, a, a kind of evangelical Christian um, uh, sort of uh, cholera curing miracle um, sort of panic wave that kind of swept through Italy. So it's actually one of the mm. towns that's most associated with this specific disease. So it's, yeah, I don't think they're implying that it came from the Italians, but I think it was, um, I, I, that, there was that red herring. But I, I just think that's a really cool thing. I don't think, I mean, obviously, yeah, maybe it could have been handled more sensitively. But yeah, but this is the thing, like I said, the voice acting for, for that character in particular, I found mostly weird, mostly a bizarre choice. And then, of course, as the game goes on, you know, eventually you end up meeting Queen Victoria and the voice they picked for her is really weird because you go to meet her and she's just like, all right, fella, I hear you're trying to deal with this here plague that's been going about. And it just threw me for one. I didn't really understand why. I assume that was a glitch. I assume that was just an audio thing. Really? Well, I mean, because I, I was listening to it through um, through headphones at the time and I just wondered whether it was the quality of my headphones. But if you heard that too, then that, yeah, that's not... No, I think I think they fully get. I think they've decided that um, Queen Victoria was born in the sound of Bose bells because she's got. She talks a lot in Cockney rhyming slang. I mean, thank goodness there's a Cockney rhyming slang translator because often I'd come out of audiences with the Queen and I just wouldn't have a clue what she'd said. Yeah, I mean, you, you do have to go. You do have to kind of go to through your kind of um, sort of mini library in your inventory to kind of get to the uh, the pamphlet about Cockney rhyming slang. Um, I think yeah. you can kind of understand most of it. Obviously, the game again is like the game want, knows that you know that it's cholera, but you still need to do a bit of investigating. And they do kind of come up with some rather ridiculous n new 
combinations for um, for, for Cockney rhyming slang, which obviously cannot, really absolutely cannot be real. Um, so there, there was one that was, it, it was, it was, uh, what was it? It was um, mother's blood fell in the mud. And they, and she, she just says, oh, he mother's blood, didn't he? But it's like, that doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, so that's not what it means at all. And then there's like, there's some bizarre ones. No, well, exactly. Like control, alt, delete has got black feet. And you're like, well, that doesn't even. That's that's archaic. Not it's archaic. A complete um, anachronism. I mean, they they, they anachronism, play with anachronism, it. and I think they play with. I mean, obviously, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, okay, that's that's a different time to to when um, Jon Snow was, um, you know, actually in Soho solving things, and that is different to the Great Exhibition, and that is different to, um, you know, Queen Victoria's um, final sort of murder suicide. Um, but it's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I think it's all homage, and I think that I think that's one of the things that's quite nice is that it has that richness of history, of world, of uh, of cultures to some extent. Again, it could have been handled more sensitively, um, but I think I think it and yeah. it's that yeah. diversity and richness for this game that's you know comes from nowhere, right? It was uh, what was it? it was porcelain, wasn't it? Um, the the production company, what were they? Um, oh, uh, ceramic interactive, ceramic interactive, ceramic. Ceramic. Um, I think you know, as far as I'm aware, they've come from nowhere. They've gone nowhere. But the the amount of love put into this, you know, and as I say, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I mean the the graphic, the details of the graphics. I didn't even. I didn't have a particularly good PC at the time. But you know, the mm. the splatter, the rainbow effects of light reflecting in individual drops of human blood and feces arcing through the air as yeah. you beat those washerwomen is just something. I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's a stunning use of the Unreal Engine. And I think as well, the fact you can replay the entire game in hand-drawn 2D animation is a real testament to the, the labour of love that this is. I mean, did you look at any of the post-game unlockables? Because there's some amazing ones in there. I didn't, know. I mean, uh, some some of the unlockables in this game are fantastic. Like I said, there's one that the whole thing can be redone in 2D hand-drawn animation. Uh, there's another unlockable where you can play the entire game as a dog. Uh, you, you, you're not really taken seriously as a doctor, but it's very entertaining. And it's much easier to track down Jack the Ripper because of the smelling mechanics. Uh, and then, of course, there's the fact that you can replace all of the, uh, as I said, the problematic voice acting. Uh, you can replace it with um, everybody talks like a clangor. Uh, but unfortunately, all the subtitles are then just clangor noise. Oh, so they didn't, they didn't even put the dialogue back in. It's just clangor noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. I... I I didn't play it for very long, but as far as I can tell, if you play it in Clangor, the story is also different, so you can't even just remember what you did the first time, because, it, uh, well, they're all Clangers. So, so there's a whole other game within the game that I've just missed, and I need to go back immediately and replay, replay, you know... Yeah, well, if you if you can understand Clangor. I don't think if you if you oh, can't yeah. understand native Clangor, you're going to really struggle to follow what's going... Like, I only played it for a bit, and then suddenly I'm in a part of London I've never seen before... And I'm trying to, I'm trying to like catch a series of horses that have escaped from uh, a hansom cab, and it's just, I, I was enjoying it, but I had no idea what was going on. I mean, that does sound quite disorienting. So you're screaming in clangor while ho- while Draymond's horses are just running a running a mock, and and yes, meanwhile, yeah. you know, yeah, secretly evil forces of Cthulhu are are at play. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're introducing clangers, I mean the. I'll have to go and play it because it seems like that 
that might confuse some of the issues later, especially to do with actually solving the crimes. Unless they have a clanger translation pamphlet thing like they do for Cockney, Urdu and Italian. Um, mm. But, yeah, p- presumably not. Presumably not. Well, I think I, I, I opened the manual. I didn't get a full look at the manual, but when I opened up the manual, I just said whistle, 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 swanee, whistle, whistle. So I don't, I don't just, know if that's on thought. every page. But that, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just, I just, I, 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 I like, I, I had this podcast to record. Um, so look, before we go any further, I've, I, I'm going to say now, we're going to get to the, the verdict in a sec. But if you're interested in this game, it's called The Black Line. It's by Ceramic Interactive. Uh, you can find it on their website, uh, theblacklinegame.com. It's uh, it costs about uh, four thousand seven hundred and eighty six pounds, and it's now. about At the time, uh, three. It was only twenty quid. Well, this is the thing they know they know that people are interested now, and uh, if you want to download it, it's about three point two terabytes. So it's uh, it's quite a commitment. I had to buy uh, two extra hard drives to be able to play this game, uh, but I think it was worth it. Actually, I think I had a really good time. So this is the thing: is this the best video game I've never played? I. I mean, having talked about it with you, there's there's a lot about this game I'm going to look back on incredibly fondly. And like, I've got this clangor mode to play through. I, I think, I think I've got to say, yeah, this is definitely the best video game that I've never played. I think it was a really Victory! interesting. Victory! Yes, you've done it. You've done it. You've absolutely yeah. done it. The Black Line, absolutely. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't played the Black Line, it's it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Put together a savings account now. Put fifty quid aside every month. Uh, you know, in a few years, you'll be able to buy and play the Black Line, and you will, you will not believe what you're playing. It will seem inconceivable that anybody ever made this. Video I mean, it's game. also inconceivable that there was no follow-up. Right? There was no Spanish flu. There was no SARS. There was no like they 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 didn't do any more of that. And I think that's a real shame. Bubonic plague. Imagine doing that in, in 1665. That would have been brilliant. You know. I mean, as far as I can tell, Ceramic Interactive are currently trying to to get funding for a sequel, uh, which is why uh, they've annexed the island of Fiji. They're trying to employ everybody there to be working in their studio so they can do the follow-up. Um, but right now, there's a trade embargo. Uh, really, it's very difficult for them to get any sort of uh, funding at the moment because, uh, I mean, America's taken a very... They devalue the currency. It has its uses. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. So, I mean, as the siege of Fiji continues, we'll have to see how Ceramic interacts. I'm, I'm gunning for it. I really hope they manage to enslave the entire island and, and, and churn out the sequel. I think they've called the sequel um, The Red Line. Oh, The Red Line. So, I mean, that's nice. That's, I mean, classic. Oh, God, I wonder what it's going to be. I mean, they've promised a multiplayer mode, so maybe we'll be able to spread diseases to each other at some point. That, you know what? Let's make it a date. You know, the year, <laughs> yes. the year 2026, we will meet up online and we will play the red line. Um, you know, I mean, brilliant. In fact, I'm, I'm going to start setting aside 50 quid a month, as you say, now. Yeah. I might invest in Fiji war bonds. Um, I think there's a good oh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they've got a... Um insurgency go-go so yeah. they've got stretch goals like i say like if they if they reach their goal of about uh 5.2 billion uh then they'll also try and annex cuba so I, you get your I, you own know. beach if you invest a thousand you get your own beach and you get a named character as uh, as one of i mean it won't be a washerwoman but as one of the equivalent sort of named people that you can kill in the next one yeah um, yeah so, so. I, I put myself down i put laura down as well my partner so that's good. That's good. So, uh, thanks very much for coming on, Ed. I had a great time. Did you? Did you enjoy time of the podcast? I've, I've really enjoyed it, and you know, thank you for giving us a, a sincere, 
full-hearted, um, open-minded go because, you know, it's the best video game you've never played. It's the best video game I've never played. It's, you know, is this yeah. just the best thing? Well, that was Ed. Thanks very much to Ed for coming on the show there. As I'm sure you can tell, uh, an absolutely sensational game. The idea that I'd never heard of it, obviously uh, completely unfathomable that I didn't know it existed. And uh, yeah, huge thanks to, uh, to Ed for coming on there. Uh, I don't really have anything to, to plug for Ed right now. He's um, uh, currently busy with his project of, uh, well, he's, he's, he's joined the front line in Fiji, put it that way. So he's, he's having a good time out there. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, please like and subscribe it. If you could go on iTunes, give it a five-star review. If you go on Twitter, tweet all about it. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, and, of course, it's very important to say uh, that this show is, of course, um, something that's very important to me. and I have a really fun time doing it, so I would really appreciate any positive feedback you can give me. Uh, and a, a big thanks to everyone out there who's already said nice things about it. I really do appreciate it, uh, and I hope you continue to enjoy and listen to it. And so now it's just time for the theme music. Oh no. Oh no, this isn't the theme music. No, no, no. This isn't the theme music at all. This is a royalty free track. Oh, it's by Kevin McLeod. Oh no. It's called Pixel Pika Polka and is used under an attribution license. Oh no. It's done under fair use, though. It's a free license. I won't get in trouble, will I? I hope not. You can find his music on incompetech.filmmusic.io and it's a polka track. Oh, no. Oh, what a mess. Oh, and now my keyboard's covered in shaving foam. Oh, this is a disaster. And someone's drawn a moustache on my face while I was asleep. Oh no, and now there's a whoopee cushion on every chair in my house. This is ridiculous. Oh dear. Oh no. April Fools, everyone.